entering the DGTC. Are you ready for a deep dive? And Jordan did most of the crap. Can't believe I said that. I've been doing this since 2008. What the fuck do I know? Drawing cans is like kryptonite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's different. Uh, loading up elbow logos. Yeah, uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the DGDC, a united team of design professionals creatively bound to bring unique inspiration and uncommon perspectives. You can email us listener questions or topic ideas to hello at dgdcpod.com or check out our website, dgdcpod.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at dgdcpod. Plus now you can join in on the conversation. We have a Facebook group. Just pop onto our website and hit the community tab at the top. Now, on with the show. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Uh, wow. <laughs> hey. we, just had a, we have figured some new stuff out when it comes to recording, and <laughs> we've been doing this for quite a while now, but welcome yeah. back to the show. Uh, this is Nick. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm Mikel out of Seattle. And I'm Jordan out of Portland. And we have just recorded a really great uh, podcast episode. It's with our buddy, Jeremy Slagle, and uh, Jeremy came to us had a great idea to um, talk a little bit about going after your next client that might be right next door to you, something in your hometown. Um, great ideas and great insights on how to even start, what's the advantages of this. And we all agree, right, that this is such a fantastic way to maybe, you know, add to your business or maybe even start your business, particularly mm. after last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, me personally, like local clients are the backbone of my career and what I'm able to do. And I think like all of my retaining clients are primarily locally based. And I just find like developing those relationships is much easier when you have that like neighborly component involved. Yeah. Um, so it was great to hear his like point of view because it sounds like he's just killing it over there. Yeah. Uh, and a, a wonderful like news that he got or he gave us was this idea that more businesses last year have started than ever before. So yeah. this idea of how we kind of, you know, maneuver out of everything and into this new year, there are those new businesses that are out there. And we talk a little bit about how to find them, where to go, how to approach them and the value you get out of doing that. Plus also just having your own work in your own town is pretty damn pretty cool for me as well. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no kidding. It really does make a difference that tangibility component. And I, I agree with you. I wish that I did have more. What's happened for us is that it started out that way, Seattle-based, mm-hmm. and yeah. then bought out, a merge happens or something, And but the relationship is maintained or your name is still at the ready in case those individuals find themselves with other organizations or they're starting up another and they're now across the nation. Yeah. And, yeah. Totally. Totally. So, I mean, so that is nice maintained networking. However, I miss it. It it's I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think Jeremy has been a, a really great uh, uh, perspective here, just because like his journey, you know, starting off like you know, kind of I don't want to say the freelance word, but like as a single unit to partnering up to building out an agency with like employees. To figuring out like man, that really wasn't working for him, mm-hmm. and then to kind of hone back and really dig into this like local sort of you know small boutique design creative studio, and like hearing that 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 journey that pathway, I think is super relatable for a lot Very. of people, or at least like if you're thinking about like you know sure. where you want to end up. Like I like that he kind of came back, he kind of like you know narrowed and, and deepened his 
his sort yeah. of focus. Which and is you know what? It does great. take a type of personality. I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy is clearly the kind of individual that ha- likes to get out and about and experience his central location in Columbus, make connections with those running and or starting mom and pop shops, food industries of so- of sorts, including restaurants. If and, and popping in and introducing himself. If you're not that individual, and it's, it's not going to work that way. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you can't That's send an email in that sense. Yeah. yeah, it's better for you to step in and make totally. your, and shake hands or wear a mask and say hi. Yeah, yeah. This, this episode <laughs> might require us going back to having business cards on us all the time because it's definitely one of the best things to do. I I had one of my first interns and I. I, we went out to lunch like the second week he was working with me. I took him to my favorite little empanada spot here in the Valley and the owner just started talking to us and everything. And I had already just been telling the intern about like, you got to go after business. You got to find it, whatever. And he looks at me and he looks at the owner and he's just like, you should let us rebrand your place. And two weeks later we did. I'm not kidding. Just, and sometimes it just takes a great conversation with a local shop owner. Right. Yep. Totally. Totally. That's the best. Completely. if you guys want to be the pentagram of your hometown, this episode <laughs> is just for you. This is our episode with Jeremy Slagle. All right, guys. Well, we are back with another great episode. And I'm, I'm loving this one because the three of us kind of touch on this a lot with our clientele and who we talk to, who we work mm. with. And we're bringing in a good friend of the podcast, Jeremy Slagle. Jeremy, welcome back. Welcome to the show. This is your welcome. first time. Yeah. Us. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, man. <laughs> we are so glad to have you on board. And thanks for reaching out for this. And um, we, we were thinking of like, you know, one of our big things is we want to make sure with guests, we have a really great kind of topic to talk to you guys, the listeners about. And, um, this is a really cool one for a lot of us and particularly a lot of our listeners, I think, because this is where we start. This is where we start with our clientele. And I think sometimes it's the end game, too. But give us a little insight of what we're going to be talking about, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I uh, have been doing my own thing uh, for about 11 years now. I'm working with lots of small small businesses, startups, uh, some some that have been around for a little bit. But, but everybody I work with, for the most part, you would consider a small business. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I've centered my business around. So, yeah. Nice. And give us a little it. backstory before, uh, you know, for those that, that don't know you yet or are not following you and seeing your incredible work, give them a little bit of bio of, uh, who you are, where you're from, what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am live in Columbus, Ohio in, uh, a small, uh, neighborhood called Clintonville here. It's a historic neighborhood and, um, my, uh, my studio is actually built on the back of my house. So I've been in this studio space for about, uh, about six years now. Um, and kind of doing my own thing out on my own for about uh, the last 11. And so, uh, I, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator. I focus mostly on brand identity work, uh, and then extension into whatever that happens to be. So sometimes people will call me and say, Hey, can you do a brochure? And my answer is usually no, unless I'm doing your whole brand identity. <laughs> Um, I, I, with the brand. Yes. Yeah. That needs to be a t-shirt right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not unless I yeah. do your whole brand. <laughs> yeah. Right. I right. just, no, I get that. Especially when you, when the person says, Hey, can you do a brochure? And you say, sure. What, you know, do you have your logo in a digital format? Do you happen to know your fonts and colors? Like, do you have a, some sort of brand guidelines? And they're like, what's that? 
Yeah. Like, so basically, and then it's that's like you're starting from scratch. I have to start all over again. Right. At that right. point, it's like I know it's it's you know, really nice to implement the family unit. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and it's also it, it's difficult to brand a company through a brochure, right? Like because when you do have to start over, it's like, well, a brochure is not the medium to do this. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you, we're so far ahead. Of, yeah, <laughs> and and a brochure you could say even a website or a, yeah, uh, whatever Anything, it happens really. to be. Like I just uh, you know I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but it's just for me and where I am right now. It's just it I don't uh, do like piecemeal stuff. I really mm-hmm. really focus on brand identity, logo design, helping people tell I their like story. That guideline that. all on its own. That's yeah. a nice little requirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're right. I, they try to squeeze in and be like, I need a brochure. And they're like, oh, but I don't have a brand. You're like, well, then we got to take six steps back here. <laughs> right, <laughs> the bro- right. The brochure is the last thing you should be talking right, about right, right now. And so, at that point, yeah. they're, they're looking at, they're thinking, oh, this, what's this going to cost me 500 bucks and you can have it next week? You know, and mm, all of a sudden yeah. you're saying, no, it's like more like 15 grand and it's going to be something that's going to be done in two months. So yeah. most people just aren't. What you know, if, what if the case scenario is such that they're game? They recognize the grunt work that needs to be provided, and they're excited about you refreshing their look mm-hmm. and feel with the brochure project to 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 start that process altogether. I think a lot of times people that's what they really want. Their mm-hmm. boss told them all they need is a brochure, so they it gives them an excuse sometimes to go back to their boss and say, "He says we can't do it that way. We're going to yeah. have to yeah. do it the way I want it." And and yeah. I actually. I mean, I've had people say they have a five hundred dollar budget, and then I send them a proposal for ten grand, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> it happens." Yeah. Isn't that wacky right? sometimes? That <laughs> yeah, it and, doesn't and happen often, but want. it ha- happens. Yeah, <laughs> sure. it happens often enough, but it does happen. That it's worthwhile. Right. Yeah, um, which which begs the question: like, is it worth up front asking that question? What's your budget like? Because sometimes they don't even—they're just taking a guess in the dark, right? They don't yeah. really know. Yeah. I, if they've never done it before, they don't. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the people I work with, uh, most of them have never done a branding project before. So expecting them to know that is ridiculous. So yeah. there's yeah. It's a lot of education on my part and patience and, you know, willingness to have a conversation. Yeah. So I always say if they were aware of the ins and outs, what needs to take place behind the curtain, we'd be out of a job, right? So. Yeah, but also like that's the world of small business where it's like it, it's yeah. not like that, right? With some of these larger clients, and like I'd say the majority of my world is also in small business, so there is just that level of like you have to educate the process, and exactly. oftentimes like it's very rare for someone to have a brand guide already established, yeah. you yeah. know, but like the local brand yeah. in the corner. It's like, now that oh, would be I mean, shocking if the little you know yeah. the little cleaners down the road is like, here's my brand assets book. <laughs> but there's opportunity right. in that, right? Like there's opportunity for like retaining clients. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of what we could, that's kind of like the focus of this is like this idea that we were talking about was like the potential new client could be right next door, right? Could be right in your local neighborhood, could be someone small. And there's, there are some really amazing benefits and wonders of working with these small businesses. And I, I, and Jeremy, Jeremy and I were just talking prior to you guys joining in and we were talking, what a perfect time to talk about this, because I think small businesses are really, really struggling. They're trying to find their way through all of this. And with the light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, imagine if they can come back bigger and better with some incredible branding and some credible creative. And that's kind of what spearheaded the whole idea of 
this, right, Jeremy? Yeah. And 2020 actually set a record for uh, the number of startups created in a year. Yes. You know, there were a lot of people that were working corporate jobs. They've been doing it for decades and they like, this is my opportunity to do that thing I've always wanted to do because I'm not even sure if what I was doing before is going to come back. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of startups, lots of new small businesses popping up all over the place. Kind of reminds me of like, you know, they talk about how a forest fire is so destructive, but, um, but all that new growth and that undergrowth that, that wasn't seeing the light, uh, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. I think yeah. we're going to see more and more uh, people that are, you know, especially with the idea that it's not really taboo to work from home anymore. Yes. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that so, analogy actually makes sense. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's like a fresh start. What's, right. what's, yep. Tell us a little bit about your experience. Where did you find that the first local business or give us some kind of insight on where that started for you. Sure. Uh, so back in 1998, uh, back when dinosaurs still roamed the earth, uh, (laughs) a good friend of mine and I from high school started a a small agency and it was just the two of us. Um, we had a a really inexpensive office on the second floor of a, of a building and kind of off the beaten path, but, um, our overhead was low and we were able to do some creative projects with very small businesses, people that couldn't otherwise afford us. Uh, fast forward, I don't know, uh, 12 years, we had six employees working with us. We had um, uh, a commercial office space and it was, you know, we were going through the 90s where insurance rates were just going through the roof. So we were paying everybody's benefits and, and all of that stuff. And it just got to a point where, um, it, it wasn't sustainable for us to be able to work with the kind of people we, that, that kind of started us out. So yeah. um, one of the brands we worked with early on was Jenny Britton from Jenny's, I, Jenny's Ice Creams. She's got some <laughs> shops around the country now. Um, she's yeah. based here in Columbus. Um, we have this really cool, uh, it's kind of farmer's market's not the right, ex- right name for it. So it's just an in, indoor year-round marketplace. Lots of Mm -hmm. cities have them. Seattle has them. Ours is a little smaller, obviously, than Seattle's. But um, we have lots of... It's almost like a great incubator. Uh, Jenny started there, and she uh, has, like, the most amazing ice cream uh, on the planet. And uh, they have pretty strict rules about parking in their parking lot. So uh, when John and I would go down and eat dinner at one of our favorite restaurants down there that was adjacent to the parking lot we would still use the north market parking but then we would go in and find the cheapest thing we could possibly buy in the (laughs) north market uh and so we could get our parking validated uh so that's kind of how we got to know jenny we would go in and buy ice cream yeah that story Um, is hilarious we've all been we've all been guilty of that somewhere right (laughs) yeah i can totally relate yes what's gonna validate my parking (laughs) right right uh, and so we got to know Jenny. I mean, at that time she was, it was her and maybe one or two other employees. She had her wow. ice cream makers right behind her. Um, the name of her business at the time I believe was scream and she had a partner <laughs> mm-hmm. and we used to, we used to kind of razz her about how bad her logo was at the time and, uh, <laughs> and how it didn't like match up with her product offering. And, um, she's just like, she, she, she was a really good sport about it and, and she would kind of toss it back at us. And, um, we'd come back, you know, a month later and her logo changed to something else and it would be equally as bad. And <laughs> she was just kind of like, guys, <laughs> listen, listen, I'm trading this for ice cream gift cards right now. So you're just going to have to get off my back. And we would just, you know, 
Well, someday you'll just have to give us a call. So um, huh. when she opened her first location outside of the North Market, which is in a really cute little part of town here called Grandview, um, she's like, let's do this. So she called us up and we got to work on her brand identity work and packaging and stuff. Um, and it was just a really fun project. But, you know, at the time when we did that project, you know, her budget wasn't very high. She, it was basically her and one or two other people. Uh, and we were able to do that work for her. She wasn't the queen of ice cream that she is today. Um, and, and so as the years went by and as our overhead continued to go up, um, we would have people that were creative entrepreneurs, small businesses that were in a similar situation that would come in and we just couldn't do it because our overhead was so high. Like just at some point you go, we, we need to work with, you know, Ohio state university and Ohio health and nationwide insurance and, you know, working with these larger corporate clients on projects. And the whole time I'm kind of watching the people I really want to work with walk out the door because they can't afford to work with us wow. anymore. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So it, right around 2002, which is just a couple of years after we started, the guy that started the business, his name's John. He, uh, he took a, a short term trip to Cambodia for like a, a few weeks and he just was so moved by how the, short? the kid, uh, just a couple of weeks, I think is why yeah. how long he was gone. And he came back and he was so moved by, uh, how many kids were on the streets there that, he and a couple of the other guys that went on that trip put some money together and uh, got a piece of land and set up an orphan home. And yeah. uh, they got 20 kids in there, family-style orphanage. They have a mom and a dad. The kids are actually adopted into the family, so it's a, it's a long-term situation for them. Uh, and so fast forward to 2009, and we were... Uh, also operating 16 orphanages out of our small studio. So my God, uh, yeah. Talk about a and hybrid of businesses, right? Like, yeah, and mindsets mean. and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we became like a, we became a front for orphan care in Southeast Asia, um, in, in, in our small little business. And so, you know, John is flying around the country speaking at conferences. He's uh, becoming a thought leader. He's working with the Cambodian government, uh, to work on child protection policies. Um, and so at, at the end of 09, it became super, super clear. It was kind of like one of those, uh, I call it a God moment. Like it was one of those things where it's like, this is going to have to, something's going to have to change. Eye opening. Yeah. Yeah. And so John went full time. Uh, he still runs the organization. I think they have 34 orphanages now. Uh, and they're in Thailand, India, and Cambodia. You can read more about them at asiashope.org awesome organization. We support them through our business. Um, and I was left with the opportunity to either take the business as it was with all of the overhead or kind of figure out what I was going to do next. And the thing that was just con constantly in the back of my mind was, remember when we used to be able to work with Jenny's? Like, remember when we used to be able to work with those small businesses um, and be able to, uh, to do that kind of work? I want to go back. I want to be in that situation again. And so... I uh, decided intentionally to just scale back. Uh, so I worked from a spare bedroom in my house for about four years and uh, realized this is what I want to do. So ended up building this uh, studio on the back of my house. If you've ever been to Columbus, there's the main drag is called High Street. It runs right by the state capitol. It goes through Ohio State University. Um, like 
on on a, a nice clear day, I can hear the OSU marching band at football games from my house. Wow. So, <laughs> um, so we're we're about eight eight that houses off High Street. Yeah, we're like right it just right in the middle of like it. Sounds like such a characteristic spot, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah we're real, I'm super central, um, and Love my clients it. don't mind. I have uh, uh, my studio has its own door, so it's not like they yeah. have to walk through my house. Right. Uh, and it's all set up, zoned for work. So what a good model that yeah. is. And I think a lot of yeah. people are finding ways to take the existing space they have, right? Turn it into yep. some workspace, but finding those ways to make it super original and quaint and have a sitting area, have a table that's yep. like you can, the small meeting. And it's just amazing to hear how that's being infused into what was, <clears throat> you know, a desk in the corner back, yeah. you know, just a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So my first floor of my studio is set up for um, it's got a conference table. It's got a, a, a bigger TV set with seating area. So we do a lot of our collaboration work, um, brainstorming and stuff with partners downstairs. And then I've got a spiral staircase coming up here and this is my, uh, workspace up here. We can't so. nice. see the spiral staircase, but it so looks like the type of space that oh, yeah. would have one. I, I, yeah, I, I, right I, I saw it in one of your, corner. I think you did, was it the creative waffle. You took them on a little tour. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I think that's another thing too, is those office tours would be, I, I could go down the rabbit hole on those things, right? Like oh, a yeah. YouTube channel. <laughs> that's my son sitting behind me. He's a, uh, he's a freshman studying graphic design right now. So he's nice. all online and, uh, he's been helping me out with a lot of work. So kind of great, man. Studying and getting some design, get working on his design chops with me. Yeah. So so yeah, this, awesome. this, this was kind of the shift that turned you back to almost the smaller local businesses. Yeah. The key there was what you did, what you said in your the whole thing, you started to say goodbye to the people you wanted to work the most with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I honestly, like I still work with Ohio state. I still do projects here and there for, for larger companies. I've been doing a lot of work this year with Scott's in miracle grow. Um, they're actually based out of central Ohio, which has been a really great experience. So I do work with some larger companies, but, um, the, the, the stuff that I, they bring me in on special projects. Like it's the least corporate type work you could imagine. And, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I would like to be. I, I look at a lot of stuff that people, you know, target for instance, like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would want to do to have target in general as a client, but man, when, when they're ready to do their gift cards for, a season or do their Halloween yeah. promotions. Like I would love to be one of those people that gets contacted for a project like that. Those special projects. Yeah. yeah. It's like the small local business vibe with the yes. big company budget. Yes. <laughs> like, totally. let's, right. just, let's just fast forward to the perfect storm right there. I think that right all there, the right? time when I, <laughs> yeah. at, at holiday season, when I'm in line at Starbucks looking at their, this mm-hmm. year's designs, either for yeah. the cups, the sleeves, or the, the, the cards themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's like, that would be totally ideal. Like, like I said, I don't know that I would want to do everything for Starbucks corporate, but man, I'd love to do a seasonal package, you know, or a campaign for them. That would be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's where the real creative fun stuff <clears throat> happens. Um, and so that's, that's really I, well, one of the reasons I like working with small businesses, uh, especially creative businesses, because I don't have to worry about you know, uh, you know, a, a room, a room full of people that are concerned of like, what are the shareholders going to think, you know, how is this yeah. going to move the needle for us? Um, you know, you work with someone like a Nike or Coca-Cola, 
uh, and they end up adjusting, you know, their revenue goes up or their profits go up 2%. That's huge for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but if you work with a small business and, you know, they're a brewer or, or something like that, and you're able to, with the launch of their new website and packaging, improve their sales by 30, 40, 50% the first week the product comes out, that's way more gratifying for me. Yeah. yeah. So. so can I just share something really quick that's along the lines of what you were just discussing that's kind of interesting? I'm with you. I think we all are. We love those mm-hmm. signature projects, right? We've done this long enough to know that, A, at times we can afford to be particular in that regard. And secondly, we know what we prefer and it makes mm-hmm. us passionate, um, creates that passion for any given project. Um, I did just complete a presentation that had to go out to a shit ton of stakeholders, right? And we're in the midst of bracing ourselves for all the venture capitalist Mm -hmm. feedback, right? However, the reason we took it is because we are initiating the brand with these decks. Mm -hmm. So that's so relatable in this sense. If I didn't have, if I wasn't able to talk them into that edge for an AI company, then I've been like, you know, this probably isn't a suitable fit. Yeah. But because they were willing to take a little bit of a chance, that's mm-hmm. a really good that's a really good test to that in initial process when you can nudge a little bit and gain a sense of if you want to be an ongoing account or not. You know how I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It tells you how it's going to be. It gives you that that prediction of what it would be like in the flow with them months down the road, years down the road. Whereas yeah. that's, that's what you want, right? Yeah. I don't get me wrong. If Nike called me and wanted me to work on a bigger project, <laughs> I would say yes. Uh, you know, and I, sure. you know, I, I work on projects all the time that are, you know, one of the ones I work on every six months is Franklin County is, I think we're the largest, one of the largest counties in the state of Ohio. And I do their poll worker training manual. That's 220 pages. Ooh illustrated how to go through the entire process of how to run a poll polling location. I mean, it's the most dry information you could ever imagine, (laughs) but a ADA specifications and you know, how far can you, uh, you know, how do you daisy chain voting machines together and at a look, I mean, just every little bit, perhaps I'm assuming that balances nicely with all these other creative gigs that you have. Yeah. So it keeps you sane yeah. in that regard to be a little bit mm-hmm. more technical and, and Ooh, honestly, you get to turn that brain off a little bit yes. too, right? Yeah. yeah. That side I'm, of although, the brain. You know what? I really tried. I well, it's one of those things where I really have told myself, make this fun. These people mm. are sitting in these training rooms for these things. <laughs> And, you know, for, for all the training hours and, you know, why can't a, why can't a 220 page manual on how to run a voting location be fun? Mm. Why can't it be light and airy? So, So you know, that's one of the things I've really prepared renditions that are more playful, more edgy, or I don't know what the word would be, but do have, it has interactive exponential. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the, a lot of it is illustration. So that's, what's been really fun about it. Like most of these, uh, polling manuals around the country, they've got these horrible photos, mostly shot on an iPhone. Um, most of them are laid out in, you know, Microsoft word. Um, and so, you know, I try to make the illustrations fun. I give them kind of a little bit of a, a, a retro vibe and clean them up and make Great. them just fun that's to look awesome. at and, and awesome. make sure that the information is 
put together in a way that's easy to easy to digest. So yeah, but like that's the beauty of sort of the when you, you roll it back right from like a larger agency with like a lot more capital, they constantly have to do these bigger projects. But like being able to hone in, like you have way more flexibility. Like I like being able to work with you know. You know, I've done a few things like where it's like, that's a long process and it's not that enjoyable because it's like red tape after red tape. And mm-hmm. usually the output is like, it's not at all what we... The terms. Know. Yeah, design is always <laughs> secondary. It's like all this red tape first. And yeah. then also yes. working on like the local bakery down my block who just, I go in there and they're friends of mine. Like, so like, I, I love, that. love, but like, you know, those are opportunities that I think really are kind of exclusive to like where we're at because, you know, yeah. the large agencies, they have to constantly hit big because their overhead is just, you know, if they got like 20 people working there. Yeah. On overhead. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, we wanted to take a brief moment from this episode with our friend Jeremy and talk to you about our sponsor of this exact episode, that's Skillshare. Are you guys ready to turn small steps into giant leaps? Do you want to witness transformation in how you run your business and your efficiencies? There's ways to do it. And our favorite way to do it is through Skillshare. We know Skillshare, they're in a incredible online learning community. They offer incredible membership and benefits to their members by real world creatives and fellow creatives like Thomas Frank, who we're going to talk about in just a second. He's a YouTuber. You've probably seen him. He has a great course that we're going to talk about, but this is cool stuff for you to explore and it's real projects and lessons to go through and get yourself better. His course is called Productivity for Creatives. Build a system that brings out your best. This is really interesting because for me, I like to believe I'm a organized creative or business leader, but I'm technically not. And I'm always looking for really good ways to figure things out. So he shares a ton of discoveries in this new class and how you could be more productive while being creative. You're going to learn why everyone should cultivate a professional mindset, even the beginners out there. And how specifically to collaborate, get people together to help you out with specific tactics and make life and projects much easier. He takes you through the entire course. He talks about efficiencies and effectiveness, creating useful templates to help process flow, collaboration and delegation. That's a tough one too. I know we all want to do everything on our own. How do we delegate that out to other folks? So if you want to check out this fantastic course, here's what you need to do. Advancing towards a goal is very achievable. With short lessons and hands-on projects that Skillshare offers, you can take advantage of online learning. We all are right now, right? So there's no better way and no better time to get involved. Accomplishing growth is extremely satisfying, so do something today that could probably help you with that. There's a class out there designed for you and your life. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when you compare it to pricey in-house classes like the one I teach. And workshops, their annual subscription is less than $10 a month. So what are you going to do next? Explore the creativity at Skillshare.com slash deep into and get a free trial premium membership. That is Skillshare.com slash deep end two. Now back to our episode with Jeremy. Well, I, I just met, I just met yesterday with a new ice cream and candy shop that's going in three blocks from my house. Oh, um, dude, that's my, awesome. that's my dream client. Oh God, I know. that's crazy. It's a, it's a husband and wife. Tell me the name. Love yeah, it. Yeah, it's a husband and wife. Love it. Uh, they, they're renting the space for the first time and they oh, agreed to my proposal. So that's, that's the stuff that's like, I told them, I said, I just want you to hear this. 
In mm. order for this to be successful, it cannot look like another ice cream candy shop. Yeah. This has to be an experience. There's exactly. lots of places That's to get ice keyword. cream. There's lots of places to get candy. How do we make this something you walk into and go, oh my gosh, this is unlike anything else I've experienced before. And when you work with people who don't have to run it through the filter of all of the corporate people that are more likely to, <laughs> to, to be less risk averse, you, you have yeah. that opportunity to do something that's really, you know, really different. So yeah. At how, the time how that did, you spoke with them, they had nothing in the works just yet, or they did, not, and yeah. you shifted it completely. No, we literally walked into a space that was completely empty. They have nothing in there yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Good they've timing. not opened this business yet. And we, we do have a, uh, an architect interior designer who's super, super talented on the job. So it's going to be like full, it'll be the full deal, which is super exciting. Yeah. 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 Well, I know like when, brings... I know in my own like neighborhood, I could tell when something's going to spark, something's going <laughs> to use, I'm on the hunt for like the, you know, the, the glass with the, uh, with the paper and the tape that tells me something new's coming. Right. Like, right. W- and, and I'm knocking, I will track that place down. I just, I think for the love of what we were all just saying that, that great yeah. thing, where, where does, where can someone start? Like, I think this idea we we've proven that it's a great thing to do. And I think every listener always talks about like, where, how do I find these new clients and everything? And if they're, we're telling them they're that close through the local lens, I assume, right? Like, I, I, like this candy shop is a great example of like this yeah, is down through your the street. Lo- like, totally. An opportunity that might not be accessible to others. Yeah, yeah, small, but still, yeah, right. I, the idea of three, three blocks down your street. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. So where, what could they, what could they start doing to get, to get into this? Well, I, I always tell people you got to start with yourself. So like, you just have to do good work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something I, 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 when I speak at conferences and such, I always talk about, uh, loving people through your work. Um, you know, there's ways, there's different ways to love people, but a lot of times people don't think about the fact that you can do it through your work. Um, you can take a genuine interest in them. You can, you can, you know, sometimes loving someone is telling them they're not going in the right direction and we need to, you know, it's, it's being willing to have hard conversations with people sometimes to help them, to help steer them in the right direction. But at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, word of mouth, especially local is, a is the best. It's the best. Uh, so, so start there, start by just doing good work and loving people and doing what's in their best interest. Um, and, and, you know, when they have questions or concerns or they're like, I don't get it. I don't understand why you chose that color, either educate them or be flexible enough to say, Oh, we can try some other colors. Let's see what else. I mean, be willing to change, um, and help, help, you know, be, be flexible, be a good partner to people. And, 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 that that's a huge thing it, because that is the the biggest reason people are going to recommend you to someone else. It's it's not necessarily yeah. because your design's fantastic, but you were great to work with. Uh, yeah. So, you know, be that person that's really great to work with. Um, after that, uh, you know, keep your budget at a reasonable price. I mean, you can't charge. Uh, keep your overhead low enough that you can work on the kind of projects you want and still be as profitable. Smart. Uh, yeah. as you would. And so, you know, to me, I'll work on projects with Scott's, I'll work on projects with, with whoever, but, um, I'm at a point now where it's like, I can make a decent living, um, doing, you know, what we would have charged 30 to 40 grand, maybe 50 grand for at an agency 
uh, mm-hmm. I'm able to do for like 10 to 12 because mm-hmm. I just don't have the overhead. And being local, like, again, if it's like the idea is like trying to get these clients, like I think being local as the creative is a huge asset to actually sell, oh, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. you look at like, if I'm the client, it makes sense wanting someone that is familiar, not only with like the territory, but also like the demographic, like, you know, here in Portland, you know, there's a consumer base. And I think there's like a very light blanket that like, you know, we're a progressive city. It's a younger city. I know the culture within the city. And so if they're a local company, that's their shared demo, which I'm more familiarized with versus if the client's going to hire someone who might live in a totally, you know, across the country, there's a deeper connection there. And I think that's a tremendously valuable asset that you can kind of relate to the client. Like I'm, I'm constantly like, I mean, that's a shared thing. Like, you know, definitely familiarized with that. Like, Local, I, I think uh, our community is uh, our community is also very collaborative here. Um, people in mm. the restaurant community, the design community, wherever it happens to be, they will eagerly uh, like recommend someone to their oh yeah direct competition. Um, yeah, that's a you small know, that's, circle. That's right? one of the th- yeah, which is really really cool. Uh, working with a brewer uh, that started his own thing, and I was talking with him. He's like, Hey, I got to run because there's a new brewery opening about a mile down the road and I'm helping him set up his tanks. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, he's yeah, like, there's, Hey, there's value all, right there, man. Yeah. 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 If, if we can all, uh, you know, make great product, then it just, it encourages more people to come out to our area to have great beer. So it just helps yeah. everybody. Oh. Uh, and I love that. I love that, you know, restaurateurs and you know, Columbus's design community is fantastic. Uh, we, we get together for an awards show, a couple award shows, you know, whether it's AdFed or Creative Best or whatever, and everybody cheers for each other. It's awesome. It's like, it's yeah. very, uh, very collaborative. And I, I like to call myself a bottom feeder. I would say that's probably my third, my third point would be, be a bottom feeder. Um, when, when someone has decided to call Pentagram, and they've decided to call, you know, Fitch or, you know, these, these bigger agencies. And they're like, Hey, you know, we've got this thing and they go, yeah, we can totally do it. And they send them a, send them a quote for 150 K. Uh, and then you come in at under 20 on a project. I don't mind being a bottom feeder. I don't mind being someone who's kind of sifted through yeah, the larger well, companies too, right? Like our sure. overhead is so much smaller than someone like Pentagram. But that, like just, but it, that, it, that's because, right, there's no argument that that comes with ma- making a stamp for yourself. People know you. You've been doing this for a number of years. I am doing all right. If they say no, I can right. afford to be a little bit particular like I had mentioned before. When you're hungry, I don't miss those days, when you're hungry <laughs> for the work – you you don't have a choice to be that bottom feeder, you know? Or sometimes you're forced into that choice being the bottom feeder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I say bottom feeder, I'm not saying I end up with the crumbs by any means. What I am saying is that um, I don't mind being the person that that can't afford to work with the bigger agencies. I don't mind mm-hmm. being the one. So So having a good reputation in town oftentimes means – you go to a, someone goes to a big agency. Like we said, we're talking about people who've never done this before. Um, they just look up graphic design on the internet and they just mm-hmm. go, oh, what's this cost? I looked on Fiverr. <laughs> this thing should only cost me 500 <laughs> yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they get a proposal back that's insane. 
Uh, yeah. and that, and that's fine. It, it, it's what those agencies need to do. And it's what it's, and it's a reasonable amount of money for a larger corporation to, to work with. But you know, like I was in the situation earlier, you just, once you've got that much overhead, you can't, you can't do those projects. So I don't mind being the person that, that, that trickles down to, uh, sure. and if, if you have a good reputation and you play well with others, then you're going to be the kind of person that when they call that agency back and say, I don't have six figures to do a project like this. What do you recommend that they go? Oh, well call Slagle design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I call that refreshing, you're the refreshing absolutely. alternative. <laughs> well, and also it's, just, it's realistic. Like, you know, look like a single component or even like a very small suite or a, a design boutique, like you just can't offer what Pentagram mm-hmm. has not work-wise just like, right. God, if clients hands on Pentagram, it's not just branding. It's like they take from oh A to Z and create up all the strategies, yeah. day and analytics. Oh, and also sure. like just, you know, it, it's sort of just like that first class, but it's not apples it's to different apples at all. business. Like I, yeah. exactly. Like they're not right. shared yeah. space. It's really odd and cool to hear you mention Fitch. Um, I do remember that they're headquarters in in Ohio there mm-hmm. I that's what got me jump started years ago is that I was at the Fitch um, location in Seattle and I worked there for okay. a couple of years on a Nordstrom account that's why they hired me and from that experience I learned what how I didn't want to run mm-hmm. my yeah. business, my small business and what I absolutely wanted to mimic and what I learned and obtained from their internal process yeah that's great yeah. It sounds like too you because I know you you speak a lot on the idea of this having shared values and shared goals alongside with the businesses that are and let's face it we're small businesses in that community as well right so like there's there's a cool thing there that you talked about about this idea of sharing it right like having those same things in line what what kind of examples do you have that like that you look for that might be the thing to say you know what I'll do that one maybe it's a lot less than I would think so you know sure. Yeah. And, and oftentimes when people ask me about how to, how to align your values with your clients, I, I think that can be misunderstood. Like I'm, and, and there are people that legitimately want to work with people who share their same political values, their same, you know, social values or, or what have you. And that's or if great. They're vegan, if, you gotta be vegan. Right. If, <laughs> right. I, I don't hey. necessarily look at it that way. Um, I, when it I say happen, values, though. yeah, yeah. When I say values, I mean I want to work with someone who val- who understands the value of doing it right and going mm. through the process and doing it well. They they understand that in you know, again, it's it's an educational process. I need a logo. Okay, let's back up a little bit because the most important thing we can do is help you tell your story and and help figure out what is your unique selling proposition. What mm-hmm. makes you different? Why does fill in the blank city need another fill in the blank? Um, and if they can't answer that question, and, and that happens a lot, I am at a point now where I will tell people, you don't need me yet um, because you aren't able to tell that story yet. What I would recommend you do is keep selling your product at the local farmer's market. Um, keep uh, selling it online. Figure out, you know, Figure out what is the product that's going to put you on the map and why, um, and why you're going to do it different than everybody else does. You know, Jenny, she she didn't get stuck with all the other ice cream shops that have mint chocolate chip and Oreo cookies and cream. She figured totally. out what makes her different, right? 
Um, and, and so I always tell people if, if they can't answer what makes you different and why should you exist, they're not ready to be branded yet. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell people like, because I think a lot of people freak out. I get a lot of freak out calls from people. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting ready to start my business and I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to open a, do a website, but I need a logo. And I'm just like, okay, relax, relax, <laughs> you know, and we'll, we'll, I'll get to know them well enough to say, okay, for right now. Find a cool font in Google Fonts. Type your name up. That is your logo. <laughs> that is your logo for right now. Um, get a website up. Sell your product. Do what you got to do. But your product is the most important thing. Your brand is important, but your product is even more important. Always. So, so get it out there. Get as much FaceTime with the people you're selling to. And listen to them. Listen to why it's a good thing or what you could do to improve it. Once you come back, you'll have an aha moment, I promise you. If, it's, if what you have is something unique enough to start a business with, you will have an aha moment and you'll go, oh my gosh, these are the people I'm selling to and this is why they're buying it. And no one else in town is doing that. Now we can talk. Let's talk about you your brand. Now you jar that up and you got gold. <laughs> well, right. this methodology exactly. is also so wise because it initiates the relationship that is, um, you know, diplomatic, somewhat neutral. You need them. They need you. It's not them telling you what they need, when it's due, and all that shit that comes with a, pa a package deliverable, for example. Right. They need that consult. They need the yeah. hand-holding. And that's just a really great way mm -hmm. to jumpstart a, yeah. a business relationship. I liken it to going to a doctor's office and like calling a doctor and saying, hey, can you write me a prescription? Yeah. And the doctor's like, well, where does it hurt? What, what activities do you do that feel great? What activities do you do that aren't working for you? you know? And then running blood tests and doing all the stuff that needs to be done. A lot of times people look at a logo as a prescription without yeah. going through yeah. the process of figuring out what their unique problem is and how to solve it. You would never, ever trust a doctor that just started writing prescriptions for you over the phone and didn't even ask yeah. you where it hurts. Really, really true. Yep. So, yeah. so I, I need to know where your pain points are. I need to know where you, you know, and if you haven't gone out and started selling your product yet, you don't know that answer yet. You just think you have, can make a great cupcake, yeah. right? But, you know, sometimes, like, I look at, I do a lot of work in the brewery community here. And, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, baseline, everyone makes good beer. Baseline, everyone uses local mm -hmm. ingredients. So, like, these pointed differentiations are, like, what's your position statement? Sometimes I find, like, they hire me to help them figure that out, right? Because yeah. sometimes, like, these guys aren't going to ask themselves, you know, like, what is, make, you know, what's your pointed differentiation? What are you offering? Like, what's what are your pain points? What are these problems? Because sometimes, like it's just there and they can't define it. Like sometimes it takes like mm -hmm. working through that mm -hmm. strategy. And, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's not just about the beer that's being different. Like, you know, they just like, I liked it when beer was just like lighter and easier drinking. Like, okay, there's the problem. Like beer mm -hmm. is not what you want it to be anymore. Let's start building out like what we're doing around this stuff. So like, yeah, sometimes it can be a service that you can offer. I mean, yeah, it yeah. does take a ton of work really digging into the brand strategy and building the ethos from like ground up. But, you know, if, like, you set a proposal and they might be on board, like, it could be a great opportunity to, like, really dig into their business. Because some of my lasting partnerships, it's been, you know, hey, we're building out a brewery. I kind of like this beer, but I don't really know what's different about mm -hmm. it, you know. Because sometimes it's not always just about the product necessarily that could be different. It's like, 
what do you value? What's not happening yeah. in the market that you'd love to change? It could it could even be the timing because like let's say like your your ice cream and candy shop, they're they're gung ho, it's happening. And yeah. so a brand has to be established. And that's where I think right. we can walk in, like Jordan said, and hold their hand through that process and figure something out that's very, very real, very, very authentic and very, very original. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, what's that? method i keep always forget it but it's called like the the audience wants a bit of familiarity but then they want a bit of surprise it's kind of like that Mm -hmm. perfect balance of there has to be something they've already seen but something that they haven't seen and so for us small let's say you're just the small designer and you're in a a very local small town again these are all those i think these are just those wonderful things you can bring in you said it first jeremy's just being flexible right like yeah knowing what that person is and being able to look at the goals that they have and your values and everything else and see if it kind of does, you know, intertwine. Cause yeah. I think the coolest part, and this is the last little point before I think we want to jump into that freelancing thing. Cause we've got, we still got you for 15 minutes here. Okay. <laughs> the, this idea of what you're doing for your community, right? Like, um, don't you love it? Like I love the local things I have that I can go and see or tell a person to go to. And it's such mm-hmm. a, wonderful experience how has it made a difference for you like in your community when you get to see that kind of stuff you know oh it's awesome i mean to be able to see someone like jenny go nationwide um oh wow, or even yeah. just to be able to go to you know a local restaurant um i've i've done a few restaurants that have that have done similar where they're growing and growing and it's just it's great uh it's it's so fun to be able to to just have that experience um you know, this year for our, or 2020 for our Christmas, I usually send out a little thing to all of our clients for Christmas. And, um, you know, my wife and I were at one of our, one of our local favorite restaurants, which I got to do the branding for last year. And, uh, I was like, we should just buy a bunch of gift cards. So we just bought like hundreds of dollars worth of gift cards, uh, because we knew the restaurants were hurting this year. And basically that was our gift this year. We sent it out to all of our clients. That's awesome. And we got some great responses. Like I had never been there before. And then I went in and my husband and I had the, one of the best meals we've ever had. We're fans. Mm. Uh, so it's a great it's, idea. Give yeah, back so, right there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give back. I mean, if I'm going to spend money to send something out to clients anyways, why Help not someone. do it to support someone mm-hmm. else? Yeah. Right. It's a true partnership. Like that is yeah. an example of like, it goes above just doing branding. Yeah. It's like you become a partner in that. And that's yeah. the best example right there. That's so cool. You know, what a great point. I, I think, have you guys seen this too? And, and I'm in LA and it's just hard to believe it's happening here too. But what I love is people have experienced or um, found new favorite places over the last few months because it was so takeout and it was so pickup or it was um, a delivery service, right? And everybody I know is that they otherwise recommending places. Exactly. Because yeah. yeah. you, you went to your tried and true places and now all of a sudden uh, these little hole in the wall ones, and there's one spot in particular that I thought they were on the verge of like literally closing. And I'm talking months, even a year prior to COVID. And they're thriving like crazy because they did the patio and they got the, they were the first ones to bring the heat lamps and the everything else. And all of a sudden people are like, this place is amazing. And never heard of them prior or anyone recommend them. And now it's on fire, you know, literally because of the heat lamps. (laughs) (laughs) It's like drive-in movie theaters. Like, who would have thought drive-in movie theaters would do what they've done in the last, like, I know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like one was built. Yeah. I think you're an organ. Boy, like, those ones yeah. come back. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Drive-throughs and QR, and QR codes. They're back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I Unfortunately, they are. I know. They are. 
I know. But There's people so know ugly. now they don't need a they don't need an app for it. Remember that was right. the whole thing. Now yeah. everyone's figured out your your camera app does it automatically. So we just we we just put one on a car wrap for a new restaurant we're designing, and we th- there was a spot on the car that was this perfect square, and we we're like, oh, we didn't want a seam going in there of the artwork, so we put the QR code, and it just said you know scan me or it even said tag me too because we want people to take pictures of the the, the delivery car. And so that's the cool stuff that I feel only happens in these community ones that feels like it's missing in the other ones sometimes, you know? Yeah. I think um, I I love Aaron Draplin's work. And I think my favorite thing in all of his work that he's ever done is his Cobra dogs Mm -hmm. uh, truck that he did. For how much? Like Like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like like a, a buddy. And if he goes and when he goes and talks around the country and shares his work, like he always shares that story. Yeah, you know, because it's Community. gratifying. Yeah. It brings him joy. It, it, you, you, you know, try convincing McDonald's that they should do something like that. You know, try convincing anybody that's a big, that has a board of directors or, uh, you know, uh, have shareholders that 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 they should do something that radical. It's just not going to happen. No, that's a yeah. that's another great point. Is the you might get to do the most like daring thing ever that can't happen yeah. with the bigger clients. Yep. Yeah. When you look exactly. at any brand, it's like they all start that way. Like most of these giant brands, it's because they were so radical at one point, you know, yeah. right. you eventually lose that when you get so many heads. In, but like, yeah. that's what a good brand should do. It's like, break it, like get weird, fucking take a risk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's so hard. You just can't do that at a larger scale. Yeah. Yeah. It is exactly. And you're right. Then they vanilla, they get to- totally vanilla. They strip <laughs> down. They go to a sans serif font. No more logo. Right. right. <laughs> just like this everybody is safe. else. Right? No one can hate it. It's like, well, no one can love it either. This is just right. like something else in the mix. Yeah. Pepsi used to have a good logo. Yeah, oh, dude. Well, you've seen the the through the years Pepsi logo yeah. thing. Yeah. It's the just retro. one. There's it's, even some ones in like the 60s that were like and set the 70 something one, that total 70s yeah. one that was just one of my favorites. Like, yep. bring that back. Like, yeah, the there's King no thing. before and after there. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know where this new one is. It where what it is, what it what it means, but I've never liked it. You know. Yeah. Um. We've we've got a few minutes, but I really want to. This one other thing that uh, Jeremy suggested we talk about is so perfect for our group of people and our friends of the podcast. It's just this idea of the freelancer and talk a little bit about why you think it's a word maybe we can replace or remove from our vocabulary and what your what what's your advice on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I have uh, I, I have a lot of friends that kind of do what I do, and they call themselves freelancers out loud, and I want to just like punch them in the face every time <laughs> they do it because they wonder why yeah. they also can't charge what an agency would charge on a project. But the word freelancer has some connotations that we don't often want to ascribe to our business. Uh, you know, the idea of a freelancer. I, I get contacts from, from people all the time, like. I was working with this guy. He was a freelancer, but he was only <laughs> able to work on evenings and weekends. And it was, and it just wow. took forever to get the project back and, you know, what have you. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the downsides of working with a freelancer. There's, there's definitely benefits, especially considering most freelancers charge a lot less than working with another, with an agency. So, mm-hmm. so on that end, you're like freelancers are cheap and they're hard to get a hold of. Uh, and they can't schedule stuff during the day because they work a nine to five, um, you know, but, but they're cheap. So if you're, uh, uh, if you're working with your own clients and it is your full-time job, like what you do 
is working directly with clients and it is your full-time job. Don't call yourself a freelancer because you're automatically saying, I'm hard to get a hold of and I'm cheap. <laughs> Why would you totally. do that? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I know. Right? I mean, that's, that's it in a nutshell. I, I, well, I cringe we, too. I cr- yeah. What, what were you going to say, Jordan? Well, what do we call ourselves? Like, yeah. cause I'm guilty of using that like freelancer, but also like, you know, it depends on what the, I'm talking the about. Like, graph design. Yeah. yeah it makes me cringe. In fact, Wes, our host prior would use it way too much. And I had to ha- I had to corner him on, on it. Um, <laughs> what also is, is not to anyone's advantage is that it has the word free in there. It's just, it's, yeah. yeah, or it's just not. But it's not great they're altogether. They're free to be. I always thought of it as free to be anything but a uh, but, but reliable. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, uh, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. I share. We run a creative studio. I share. I'm no longer. I actually don't even share that I'm a graphic designer anymore. I'm a creative con- con- um, consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, because oftentimes it's a shit ton of project management. You're working with a number of collaborators. I'm not hitting the canvas board nearly to the extent as I used to. Sometimes I choose to. Sometimes I choose to be the when lead web designer yeah. or the lead. Yeah. But yes, it, it really is kind of a little bit of an offensive term at this point. Um, if somebody does say, I had to have that this sit down talk with my parents actually recently because they're sharing with their friends, you know, that are asking, how's Mikhail doing? It's like, yeah, she's a, freelancer. a little bit of a conversation. That's not what I do. Right. So <laughs> what, what do you do, Jeremy? What do you say? I say I'm a graphic designer that helps people. Uh, I'm a graphic design studio that helps people establish and create their visual brand identity. There you go. You just yeah. take, just, just say exactly what you would normally say. Just take the word freelance out. Yeah, well, I'm a photographer. Like, yeah, I'm an agency. Like, no, I'm a creative director at an agency, or I am a art, you know, senior art director right. at an agency. It's like no one defines yeah. the job. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell people it's the what role, you do. It's the role and the benefit. And I, yeah. I think it was sometimes right? that can be a little overachieving sounding because people are they they understand the notion of a creative director or an or a or a an art director from being in in house situations. And they want to, now that they're running their own show, they want to be labeled that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's okay to have a, a little bit more of a personal signature on yeah. the phrasing. Yeah, I um, agree. And especially considering that's such, I hate this term, that's such inside baseball. Like most people don't know what a creative director is. No, um, exactly. You know, when no. we talk to other designers, it makes sense. But when we're talking with people, they who've just never know in the org chart, it's a little before. bit above a graphic designer, and that's what people are trying to achieve <laughs> right. by sh- sharing that yeah. information. It's a little right. bit silly. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I mean, do all the design. I don't outsource work, but I do bring in partners on almost every project. I have people that are developers. I have video production artists, animators, you know, brand strategists. Like so, to say that I'm freelance also makes it sound like. You're just getting me, but you're not just getting me. You're getting yeah. a team of people that's custom fit for your project. Um, and so, you know, it's it's kind of like all the benefits of having an agency, except you get to pick and choose who your team is. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. That's, that's totally – because I'm on the other side too where like when I first started off, I I just didn't – I hated using the royal we. It was just me in my – office yeah. and I was like we are yeah. in Portland City it's like that, yeah it just felt so wrong but I think you do end up getting to the point now where it's like yeah I'm, I'm never I mean most projects I'm going to contract or at least outsource some things maybe not design work usually but like 
other partnerships, web development, whatever that project might need, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it feels a little bit better. But that was the problem. Where it's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not a creative studio. Or can you be with one person? Like these terms are hard to define as like a singular. Yeah, I guess it just person. is about. I don't know. I, maybe it is. It is something that ha- can be a little have some discrepancy Custom. because I really d- d- mm-hmm. want to be respective to all those that I do collaborate with that do represent. Yeah. It. MKM. It's important yes. to me. Yeah. To do I, that. Re- I remember back years ago when we had Terry on and she, she talked about elevator pitches, remember? And she's, she's got it down and she writes it for folks who are putting in the headline on LinkedIn because that's truly what the same thing is, right? I think you, you nailed it by saying you can say, I'm a creative consultant that brings brands to life for small to medium businesses, like something like that. Yeah. And I think when you have something that has Screw what the name is in the title. Just remember the benefit part. Because when you tell a friend or a family member, and now they get a little bit more idea what you are, that's how you get the referral. Someone remembers, oh, Jeremy does branding. Like, that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get that now. But he's not an artist that just sits and draws. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh, Nick. I've thought of Terry so much during this show today. Yeah, because she's There's got that lots in ball line buster. Here. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think 100% everything goes to how you get that job, the referral of a small business in your community, everything comes from reputation, but it also comes from you telling them who you are so they can refer you as who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And being local makes that so much I oh. find easier. You can be the pentagram of your town, you know, like people yeah. know who you are. <laughs> right. Truly, though, I mean, that word of mouth goes everywhere. I, Especially I if your website you, on the shelves and stuff. I, I am 100% super, super grateful and very, very content with being the local design guy. Like yeah. I am, there's, you know, oh, I think that we shift over the years. Goal. I think when we're, when we're younger uh, and, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to move to New York or I'm going to go to, <laughs> you know, Chicago or, or, you know, LA and I'm going to do this thing. It's like, that's great. But you're also at the same time saying like, I want to have Coca-Cola as a client and MTV and I want to do all this stuff. It's like, that's awesome. But I think the older you get and the more you kind of sift through and see what works for you, uh, the most gratification you get is when you get to be creative and the most creative you get to be is when you're working with small businesses. Small. Well, yeah, dude, I I think you're right. I think we could all say we've probably taken more risks on those because it was one person you got to talk to, not the team and not the scared team that was afraid to do something probably you know, yeah. quite risky or impactful or different because you're right. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait to see what you do for this uh, candy <laughs> ice cream store, dude. I know, me too. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be great, man. So I can't either. I don't know what, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no preconceived idea what it's going to be yet. So we what's have our the time first uh-huh. creative. Uh, I think we've got a little About over a month months? or so. Uh, no, oh. it's, it's pretty quick turnaround. Uh, I would say Good. within it's this summer. Uh, so they just signed the lease on the place, so we had to get going. Wow! But have, yeah, have, do you guys have uh, lollipops in your area by any chance? Uh, I'm not familiar. You might want to look them up. They're a small, like boutique candy place that's just popping up in LA, and they're doing they're doing some amazing work. But it's, if you need some inspiration boards, <laughs> they're the, they got some good stuff there <laughs> for sure. I looked at them when I, when I first saw it. It was one of those places where you see it open in your neighborhood. And you're like, okay, who designed that? I. <laughs> I want to speak to the manager. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cool. I love that. That's great. Well, this has been fantastic, dude. I know we got to cut it short around now, but where can people find you? Um, go for it, man. Anything you need to plug? Uh, I'm old school. So I uh, I would say check out my website. It's got all my 
social media links on there. I am on Instagram and Twitter, although I don't spend a whole lot of time there, but feel free to follow. Um, my website is slagoldesign.com and great. Uh, that's S L A G L E design.com. Perfect. And we'll put that all in the notes as well. So everyone cool. can follow you and see what, see what, how that store turns out. <laughs> great. And, and, uh, if, if you're ever at a small design conference or whatever, and you happen to see me, please go up and say hi. I love that is like been the biggest tragedy for me over this last year has been, um, missing out on my buddies. Uh, I know you know, hawk rattle. Like I just need to give that man a big hug. And, uh, it's just been horrible. He texted me yesterday and he's like, dude, we're not going to be able to room together at circles this year again. So, uh, yeah. So if you see me at creative South or circles or any of those, just come up and say hi. Awesome. Excellent, well, man. That's so sweet. Cool, dude. So. All right. Well, thanks again, Jeremy. This was fantastic, man. Great. I what appreciate it. What a great it. discussion. Lovely to have you. Thank you.